0: Hello and welcome to the Bible with Me podcast from Precept UK. We are a Christian charity based in Salisbury that equips people to know God deeply so they can live differently, using a wide range of Bible study resources for all ages and levels of understanding. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of the ministry and we would love to encourage you to seek the truth of God's word for yourself using one of our inductive study books, available at precept.org.uk. Now without further ado, here's Nigel with the latest episode of the Bible with Me podcast. Well, I'm really delighted to welcome Ruth O'Reilly-Smith to the Bible and Me podcast today. Uh, Some of you listening may know Ruth or or recognize her voice when she talks in a moment because Ruth is the radio host for United Christian Broadcasters, uh, the the program This Is My Story. Uh, Ruth is the one who is normally doing the interviewing, uh, but today the boot is is on the other foot. Uh, Ruth grew up in South Africa. But has lived in Malaysia, Dubai, and and, and in the UK. Uh, She's done a variety of different jobs in her time, most of them to do with hosting radio programs. Uh, She cites her interest as walking, baking, uh, reading historical fiction. Interesting. Uh, When I asked her what she loves doing, she responded, I love asking questions and listening to the answers. Uh, Well, we'll we'll see how that goes on this podcast. Uh, Ruth is married to Paul. Uh, and together they have twins Samuel and Caitlin. Uh, Ruth, it's a joy to have you on the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much, Nigel. Thank you for <laughs> inviting me. This is a huge honor. Thank oh, you.
0: Well, it's, it's great to have you. Now, now, Ruth, how did you come to faith in Christ? And why are why you a follower of Jesus? I grew up
1: in a Christian home, Nigel, and I always loved Jesus. I just always... I love Jesus, I loved hearing stories about Jesus. I remember giving my life to Jesus as a five-year old. We were building a church at the time, and I remember somehow meeting outside on this particular occasion, and it was pouring with rain. And I remember going up to the front and giving my life to Jesus. (laughs) I did that on uh, numerous occasions. I remember recommitting my life to the Lord. And if I look back on my life, I can see this kind of a thread of me wanting and needing to resurrender my life to the Lord over and over and over. And that happened again in my teens. At home, I was a very good girl, very compliant child and the oldest of five. Uh, but at school, I wanted to fit in. And so I was rebelling at school. But I remember on one particular occasion, walking to my piano lesson. And I don't know that it was the audio, audible voice of God, but I remember hearing God say, choose this day who you will serve, me or the enemy of your soul. And I remember on that particular occasion surrendering my life to Jesus completely, and it was a complete 180-degree turnaround to the point where I'd gone from someone who was swearing and wanting to fit in and be cool at school to God completely restored my language so that I just wanted to speak life and truth, and uh, he cleansed my language and I was passionate about Jesus, part of the Student Christian Association, and loving Jesus with all my heart. Now, that happened again a few years later, where God really challenged me. I thought I was deceived, thinking that it was okay for me to love the world and love Jesus. And this is a thread, as as I mentioned, that God keeps bringing up in my life. And the more I've got into his word, the more the Lord is help me to really understand what it means to be a true follower of Jesus. I want that abundant life that Jesus spoke about. Yeah. And so that's why I follow him. I know that I am my truest version of myself when I'm following him. Wonderful. Wonderful.
0: Yeah, isn't nice. so five years old, uh, isn't that great? Isn't that great? But yeah, we have that rebellious spirit inside of us, don't we? <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, but in a Christian home, grew up in a Christian home. And I guess looking back on that, that's something to be grateful for.
1: I'm sure I saw my parents reading the Bible. They would wake up really early, five o'clock every morning. They would wake up and have their own time with God reading the Bible. I remember them both having notebooks and writing down what they <laughs> sensed God was telling them. And they would take notes in church. And I remember doing that myself as a young girl, just following them, you know, So they were such great examples to me in loving God's word. And then they would come together as a married couple and pray together for us as a family and pray for the things in our home. And I know that prayer carried us as a family.
0: What a wonderful example. What a wonderful example. Now, I mean, you grew up in South Africa. Uh, What was it like growing up in South Africa? What are your sort of memories of childhood and, and schooling? Were you sort of... You know the best at school and the the you' got all the surprises and or or you know what was it like
1: I was the conscientious child <laughs> <laughs> i I was the hard worker I had to work hard uh and and I wanted to please the teachers, so I made a great effort uh uh I wasn't a great a student no but i I worked very hard. And I was able to go to university. I was the first in our family to go to university. So that was, a, I guess it was a pretty big deal. I didn't only realize, you know, on reflection, just what a big deal it was. Um, I i loved my childhood in South Africa. I grew up in a very difficult, turbulent time in South Africa during the apartheid era But I was a very young girl, and so I grew up oblivious of much of the trouble and the suffering that a lot of the population was going through at the time. And so for me, my childhood was bliss. It was wonderful. It was a joy. Um, I, I absolutely loved it. And it's really only years later that I realized just how much difficulty and how much turmoil a lot of the country was in. Yeah, and yeah. it was only after living in the UK for a number of years and then going back on holiday that I saw the injustice. Uh, I'd not seen it before yeah. as a young girl. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved South Africa. Yeah, I loved yeah. growing up there. It was never my intention to leave. Yeah. Uh, I came over to the UK just to travel. Yep. Yeah, I always intended to go back.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you, your first job was working for an M&S um, type retail store, um, equivalent of M&S in, in South Africa, um, answering the phone. And uh, you did this while studying uh, at the University of Pretoria, uh, where you read English and geography. Um, how did you get involved with the university radio station? And this clearly led you on to volunteering uh, with a Christian community radio station too later on. Uh, what was it about working on the radio that, that you just loved from quite, quite a young age, really?
1: Well, it goes back to the final year of school. I was looking for a, a weekend holiday job and I'd applied to a couple of places, retail stores. I really wanted to work for this very cool, hip place. Um, and the other place that I'd applied to was this m type store that was a lot more kind of, was for an older population. I didn't hear back from the the hip type store. I did hear back from the more kind of, in my mind, I was thinking old fuddy-duddy store. Uh, but a job is a job. And so I'm on the phone with the HR manager at the time. And she was saying, well, you know, we've got this position available. Would you be able to come and work? And I said, yeah, Sure just before she puts the phone down, she says, well, actually, you sound like you've got a really good voice. Would you be interested in answering the phones and doing the PA? And I said, yes, and put the phone down. And I said to my parents, what's the PA? (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. Making public announcements. And so for a number of years, I worked answering phones and making the public announcements, ladies and gentlemen, in your menswear department, we have shirts, 50% discount, that kind of thing. Um, And so I was doing this on weekends or during holidays. And then I started at university in my second year of uni, a friend of mine said, I saw an advert for what he described as English DJs for the university radio. Why didn't you go for it? I'd never considered radio, but I loved radio. I used to listen to radio all the time and i loved more than anything listening to shortwave radio i loved listening into the world service from the bbc <laughs> on shortwave radio and i would wake up in the middle of the night and put the radio on and just i loved the sound of voices coming from distant lands and, and i just had this wonderful romantic view of uh, people having extraordinary adventures uh, across the seas and I, there was something in me that just gravitated towards radio and so I went for the interview and I I knew secular songs and I knew the secular artists, but I didn't know who sang what. And so when it came to them asking me questions about artists and songs, I was just horrible at it. Uh, but they said, look, you've got a good voice. And so we think you can learn the artists and the songs. And so they kind of took me on board. And trained me and I loved it I had such a blast I absolutely enjoyed it it was um using vinyl at the time so it's going back a few years now I was you know having to select my my vinyl records and what song is going to start the show I hosted a, a early afternoon program for a little while but very shortly I I got into a Christian community radio station And that was where the real shift came, because Community Radio opened in South Africa in 1995, and here I had an opportunity to do something that I loved, that was just so much fun, but giving me an opportunity to be authentic about my faith as well, and bringing the message of Jesus Christ, and the hope that I have in Christ to the airwaves as well, and I I just fell in love with that.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Sounds as though you're, yeah, just from from that early time, you just like a a hand fitting in a glove, really, doing that. Now, in the late 90s, you moved to London, uh, working initially in a call centre and then six years for a global media radio charity called Christian Vision. Uh, What did that entail and what were some of the highlights of that time?
1: I... I got the job with Christian Vision through a colleague of mine, an ex-colleague of mine. So him and his family had moved to England. They'd emigrated to England a few months before. And when I arrived in the UK, I assumed that the BBC would snap me up uh, (laughs) because obviously I'd been working for all of about four or five years in radio and I was much loved um, at, at the radio station at the time, um, but that did not happen. And so I laid down that desire and I, I really went on this journey of surrender and I genuinely laid down that desire to not do any radio. And uh, what I loved about the the job that I was doing is that I was receiving calls on this um, call center from right across the UK and it was giving me an opportunity to really get to know um, the UK audience and the people of the UK and the people of England. And then I, I really felt that I saw an advert for uh, another Christian radio station in London and I felt that I wanted to go for it. So I go for it and I get, um, I was, was shortlisted for this particular um, role and then this ex-colleague of mine came to mind. So I emailed him and I said, hey, how are you doing? And he gets back to me and he says, oh, my goodness, I'm working for this Christian charity broadcasting from West Bromwich back to Central and Southern Africa. And they're looking for a news editor, news reader. Would you be interested in meeting up with the station manager? So I go, yeah, sure, you know. Um, get on the train, arrive at Sandwell and Dudley train station. And I remember saying to the Lord, God, please don't bring me here. (laughs) It was a real industrial heartland of the West Midlands. Uh, And got off the train, met up with the station manager and just fell in love with the vision. And I was offered the job right on the spot And it meant that I had to go back to this other interview and just say, you know, I'm moving to the West Midlands, give notice on my rented accommodation. And I moved up the next weekend and started at Christian Vision. And it was just an extraordinary few years working in the news department, broadcasting back to the continent that I'd just come back from and spent about five years doing that and hosting a, a youth program on Saturdays. And what it did is it allowed me to do something that I genuinely loved, but within the country that I was trying to understand, uh, you know, coming from South Africa, even though I'm from an English family in South Africa, the the British culture is very different. The English culture is still very different. So it's almost like God really allowed me to immerse myself in the culture of Britain, and really understanding the British people, but within the context of learning to still speak um, to the people of of the continent of Africa. And it was an amazing opportunity.
0: Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Now, you had a brief stint of teaching in Birmingham, and then you joined United Christian Broadcasters in 2006, uh, with whom you've been working uh, pretty much on and off in various capacities ever since. Um, What is UCB all about and what does it seek to achieve by its broadcasting? Um, And what is its current reach as as a radio station?
1: So UCB, United Christian Broadcasters, is a media charity and they published The Word for Today, which was written and, and published by, which was written and compiled by Debbie and Bob Gass. And it's given for free to thousands of people every quarter. And then they have the radio, which is UCB1 and UCB2. It goes out nationally on DAB across the UK, but also online. It uh, reaches a, a global audience as well. And the reach is probably around about 200,000 plus listeners per week on UCB1, and they estimate that it's round about the same for UCB2. But during 2020, the listenership just spiked. It grew dramatically as more and more people were engaging with just being reminded of hope in Christ in the midst of a global pandemic. It was uh, really encouraging to see it. One thing that I loved about coming to UCB from the moment I arrived was the sense of professionalism and that it's a trusted broadcaster, you know, bringing the hope of Jesus Christ to people. And the underlying heart behind UCB is that it will change lives for good through the power of God's word. Mm. Uh, they actually changed the strap line quite recently because for a while it was just changing lives for good. And when our new CEO came in, David LaRue, he wanted to change that and make it specifically about the power of God's word, Mm. that, you know, there was something lacking in changing lives for good, that it needed to be the reminder needed to be that it wasn't just changing lives for good. It was changing lives for good by the power of God's word. Yeah. And, you know, I see that all the time. It's a real privilege to be part Mm. of such a, a professional but trusted uh, radio broadcaster.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, in, in 2009, you, you moved to Dubai in the Middle East um, and uh, ended up recording your radio shows in your bedroom whilst your twins were fast asleep. That must have been interesting. Um, and then after two years in Dubai, you moved back to South Africa uh, for five years or so where you were looking for new on-air talent and uh, as well as hosting a radio daily show, and uh, training that new on-air talent as well. Um, you were then moving, wanting to move back to the UK and uh, I understand that you had a very hard lesson to learn towards the end of your time in South Africa um, trying to come back to the UK. Uh, what happened uh, and what did you learn about God from, from that experience?
1: Well, Nigel, I'd been married for a while by now. Uh, we got married in 2003 and we had children, and uh, I'd kind of gotten used to traveling. I was on an indefinite leave to remain visa at the time. And so coming and going had become quite normal. However, I had neglected to look into the restrictions of the indefinite leave to remain visa, which means that I was not allowed to stay out of the UK for longer than two years. Now, because of financial restrictions, we were living in South Africa. It was extremely expensive to travel. I'd not gone back to the UK for about four years, and I hadn't realized that my visa had then lapsed. So we felt that God was calling us back to the UK. My husband his, my husband's South African visa was expiring. And so he needed to go back to the UK in the October. He got a job in London. And so we planned to move over together as a family. I was going to join him in the December after the children had finished their schooling and wrapping things up and uh, packing everything over to emigrate back to, to England. And so I Resigned from my job, we gave up our rented accommodation and took the children out of school and arrived at the airport, sold the car at the airport and took our luggage through and handed in all the passports. And I was told at the airport that I wasn't going to be able to fly because my visa had had lapsed. Now, it was such a shock to me because my husband is British, my children are British. I've lived in the UK for, you know, over 10 years by the time I'd become so used to being British, actually. I considered myself British, even though I I didn't have a British passport, And I was in real shock and I instinctively just reacted. I applied for a different visa. I rebooked tickets and then I was told it was the wrong visa. And so we lost so much money and I was just in a mess. Um, I realized that I needed to start from scratch. So I had to apply for a, a spouse visa and start all over again. And it meant that we were apart, living apart, my husband and I and the children, for nine months. He came over to South Africa for Christmas in the December, so we saw him briefly, but it was basically six months where we didn't see him at all. And I was just, I felt like a fool and I felt completely consumed by guilt and shame. Our children were eight years old at the time. And they were missing their father. They were in tears pretty much every day whenever they spoke to their dad. And I was trying to hold it all together. It was just such a hard time. But pretty early on, the Lord gave me a vision of myself walking through a very dark tunnel. And right at the end of the tunnel was the light. And I saw a quintessentially English little cottage at the end of this tunnel uh, with a beautiful big oak tree in the front of the garden. And as I walked through this this tunnel, I stumbled over something. And as my eyes adjusted to the light, I realized it was someone lying in the tunnel on the floor. Mm. I went to pick them up and, and I kind of bulked because they stank. And But I went back to try and help and say, what are you doing in the tunnel? And long story short, it was just loads of people that God showed me were in this tunnel, in the same tunnel as me. And a lot of them were women who were, they were hanging up washing, they were making dinner, some of them just staring. And as I walked through the tunnel, I was trying to get more and more people to join me to to show them there's a light at the end of this tunnel, there's hope at the end of this tunnel, and eventually getting to the end of the tunnel and stepping out into the sunlight. And in that, the Lord just showed me that what I'm walking through is not going to be just for me. He's going to bring me through, but it will be something that I can empathize with other people going through their dark times. And it has been that uh, over and over. So the Lord spoke deeply to me. It was, a, it was a very hard season, but he ministered to me in the most amazing way. And it's something I always remember. So I do have great empathy with other people who are going through hard times.
0: I mean, that is shocking. I mean, that, that really, I mean, you mentioned about being a part of six months or nine months totally, but you know, that, that's, I mean, I was in the army and uh, I did a, you know, um, a lot of people in the army did six month tours away um so you you've got some idea of what army folks go through when you are away for six months and it it's not often just one six months it's you know you're away six months come back and then you're away for another six months maybe 18 months later and you think so yeah I mean that is that must have been shocking literally you 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 cut your bridges you sold everything right we're off and then you get to the airport nope you're not going anywhere and you think what this is crazy and I can so get it because you, you've lived in England, you're married to an English guy. I'm assuming Paul's English. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, mad, mad. But but um, I know you, you did make it back to the UK uh, after nine months to be reunited as a family. Um, uh, tell me about your work with UCB today. And obviously you, you, you work on um, a programme called This Is My Story.
1: The way that I started working on this program is, is quite funny, actually, because I was working as a freelancer for UCB at the time. And we could have moved anywhere in, in the UK, but we chose to come back to Stoke-on-Trent. We just felt that God was calling us back there. We bought a house. And I went in to meet up with the head of radio just to say, we're in the area. And if you want me to do any more work, I'm available. And while I was waiting to have this meeting, I mentioned to one of my colleagues, I would love to host that show that's on right now, which is the mid-morning program. Kind of just seemed to fit right into the perfect time of day, which would allow me, as a mother, to drop the kids off at school, do what I love, being on the radio, and then Go and pick them up and go home. Perfect job. So I go in to have this meeting and I say, well, you know, we're in the area and I'm available for more work. And he goes, well, we've got a full-time position available. The person hosting the mid-morning program at the moment is freelance, but we're looking to make that role full-time. Would you be interested? (laughs) I said, well, let me have a think about that. Yes. (laughs) And so I started hosting the show not too long after that. But the one requirement with the program was that it needed to keep the name. Now, this had never happened to me. In all my years of broadcasting, I've been so blessed with the opportunity to come in and not have to fill somebody else's shoes. I was always given the chance to rename the program, put whatever features I wanted to put in there. And this was the first time I was told the name has to stay. okay. I have been able to change it slightly. So it used to be known as this is my story, this is my song. It is now this is my story. So it's a little bit shorter.
0: Although Um, although you do play a person's song at the end, don't you? I
1: do, yes, I do, I do. Um, But because the whole show was called This Is My Story, I just felt like it needed to have more than just one story uh, in the program. And the Lord has helped over the years to build it up to where we have some really amazing stories peppered throughout the four hours that I'm on the radio. And what I love about Christian radio in particular is just that through the guests sharing their stories, their testimonies of God at work in their lives, I'm changed, I'm challenged, I'm sharpened in my walk with Christ. And I've found that because I'm... Speaking life, I'm speaking God's word, I'm affirming the word of God to me throughout four hours. I'm also being fed by the songs that have God's word in them. God has brought, the Lord has brought so much transformation in my soul, in my thinking through what I do every day. It's been it's almost like my counseling, you know, <laughs> my therapy every day for four hours. God has transformed me through his word, through me speaking his word, because this is this is my job. And so there are times where I don't feel particularly happy or uh, maybe I've had a bad day. Perhaps I've had an argument with my husband or I've uh, shouted at the kids and I feel terrible. And now I've got to come on the radio and be a Christian. <laughs> Uh, You know, how do I do that, Jesus? And so just speaking life or I hear bad news just before I'm step into the radio, you know, how do I, how do I handle that? The listeners don't want to hear about that. Uh, But at the end of the program, I feel different. God has shifted something in me. I've still got to go and make right with my husband. I still got to make say sorry to my kids I've still got to you know pray for a circumstance that that is not great or I've got to try and sort things out that you know I was frustrated by or or worried about but something in me has changed I feel different because I've been speaking God's word throughout
0: yeah that's wonderful that is absolutely yeah yeah that's really great now you you have a story of something that happened in late Uh, 2020, uh, which was a bit of a shock. What was that?
1: Yeah, I had been having a few bad headaches, bad migraines over a few days, and I wasn't feeling great, but I was kind of just plowing on, Uh, especially during 2020. It felt like there was a lot of pressure on us as radio broadcasters. As I mentioned, the the listenership figures were showing that there are a lot more people listening in to Christian radio than ever before. A lot more people engaging with UCB1, with UCB2, with UCB in general. And so it felt like there was a bit of pressure on us to make sure that we are speaking a message of hope, a message of life. People are in desperate need, don't know what's going on. There's so much fear around the country. And Uh, And the Lord was able to sustain us so much. Uh, It was just God's hand miraculously on all of the presenters, all of the staff. It was truly extraordinary. But I think my my body was starting to just say, you need to ease off, you need a break. Mm. And I was just plowing on, still got all the other things I'm busy juggling. And one night I went to sleep and I woke up in the middle of the night and I wasn't able to speak. I realized there was something wrong with my with my tongue and my mouth and so I'm you know bashing my husband trying to communicate to him that I can't talk and he needs to call 999 <laughs> right now.
0: You're rad- you're radio presenter and you can't talk. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, so I think what it did is the shock of not being able to speak and yeah I so much of who I am is that I talk that my whole body went into shock and I thought I was having some kind of a fit as well. And you can imagine my husband waking up in the middle of the night. I think it was around about 11 o'clock at night or something. uh, Seeing me in so much distress, not able to speak and having what looked like a fit. Yeah. Uh, So it was extremely scary. Moment. Eventually, he was able to understand that I needed him to get the paramedics over. They came around and, yeah, it was a very, very scary time because I didn't know what was happening. I had an MRI and they were thinking that it might be a TIA, so like a mini stroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turned out after some investigations that they think it was related to migraine. And it meant that I had to make some changes, some changes to My diet, some changes to my lifestyle. I needed to really be intentional about carving out rest time, learning to rest. I had to make some changes with regards to how the program happens as well. And um, and it's it's very difficult to not get into that habit again. You know, being busy and falling into bad habits again, but. The Lord has been helping me, and thank God I'm I'm healthy, I'm well, and He's been keeping me. But that was a a very scary time.
0: Wow, yeah, listening to one's body uh, isn't that such a vital thing to be able to do? Gosh, and as you say, you get better again, and then you can so easily slip into bad habits.
1: One thing I will say is that when it comes to the Bible, I found it really difficult to read. My paper version of the bible i love I love the paper version of the bible i 've got a lovely leather uh, study bible ESV study Bible that I, I really enjoy reading in the morning, but I found it difficult around that time to read words, and so I started listening to the audio version of the Bible, and that 's where I realised, oh my goodness, I could do this. You know, I can, uh, and I've I've continued that. That's actually been a discipline that I've continued. Well, read both. I'll read I'll read the paper version of the Bible, but I'll also have the audio version on quite regularly.
0: Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Now you have a book coming out um, called God Speaks: Forty Letters from the Father's Heart. Uh, how did how did this come about? Um, who's the book for? And and what would you like to see happen as a result?
1: Well, this was a big surprise for me. I had written for Our Daily Bread for a while and had stopped writing for that devotional for some time, laid the writing side of what I do aside and was not intending to pick it up at all. But during Lent in 2020, I flippantly said that I would probably give up alcohol and chocolate for Lent. You know, I was doing a a radio show at the time and asking the listeners what they were going to give up for Lent. And as I went to the next song, I just had this thought that I needed to give up the online streaming platform I was enjoying so much. I was mid-series and I knew that this was of God. It couldn't have been me. (laughs) And so I did. I did. And then at the start of Lent, I felt that the Lord was drawing me into just writing a letter from him every morning as part of my time with God. And I've journaled with God on and off through my life from my teens. And I've always found it really helpful in my journey with Jesus where I write a letter to God and then I imagine what God would say back to me based on his word. And I'll just start the letter by saying my child or my daughter, or uh, something like that, and then, based on god 's word, I would compile this letter. Well, this was something completely different within a few days i 've realized that this is like nothing i 've written before. It was around two hundred words every day, and it was truly, truly beautiful, based on extracts from the old and the new testament, and within a few days. I felt that the Lord said that this was going to be a book. It would be for a greater audience than just me. And I was just like, oh, God, okay. Uh, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender to your will. Because uh, for probably about two or three years before, I'd been on this journey of surrender. It was one of the reasons why I had to give up the online streaming platform for Lent because I just knew that this was something, again, that God was leading me into, almost as if it was a test. And out of that came this, gift to me. At the end of Lent, after a a few weeks, I sensed that the Lord said, you need to submit it now to a publisher because I was kind of thinking, well, you know, I'll just leave it there and I don't know when it's going to turn into a book. But uh, then then God challenged me to submit it and and, and I did and the publishers came back saying, you know, we can really imagine this book being a beautiful hardcover gift book. And that's exactly what I had in mind when I was thinking of the beauty of what God had given me. I envisioned it being something truly beautiful that people would treasure. And so came God Speaks 40 Letters from the Father's Heart. It's 200 words in a letter form based on the Old and the New Testament, affirming our identity in Christ, who God is, who we are, in light of who God is, with a question for the reader that I'm hoping will prompt your own letter from God and then a prayer as well. So it's really for those who want to hear God Mm -hmm. speak to them and take them on their own journaling journey. Uh, And it's really for them to learn to hear God speak because I believe that he does be still and know God or just know the Lord in a deeper, more intimate way.
0: Wow. Wow. Exciting.
1: (laughs) You know, something else I'm doing, Nigel, is uh, in the run up to the release, which is on the 10th of September, uh, God has just been giving me more things from his word, unpacking truths and treasures from his word in in my time with God. So as I'm Reading the Word, God's been highlighting something from a character in the Bible or uh, an element of his nature or something that he's teaching me about the character of human beings and how much he loves us. And so I've been doing more writing and out of that have developed the Bible study blogs or these notes that I've been writing and then making them available on my website and people can sign up to receive those for free. And so I'm trying to send those out, you know, as and when God gives them to me. And at the moment, it's kind of been almost weekly, which is just extraordinary. And so it's, I feel a bit like it's, it's like the woman who just made all the jars available. Mm. And when the jars ran out, the oil stopped flowing. And so okay. I, I'm just saying, God, here I am uh, making myself available.
0: Yeah. That, that's great. We, what, uh, how, so how can people, what, what's the name of your website?
1: So if people just go to com, right at the bottom, they can sign up to receive the free Bible study blogs. And I send those out to you every week or every couple of weeks whenever yeah. they come through. And and Brilliant. it's really just out of, it's probably around about between 300 and 500 words. So it's yeah. not long, uh, but I've also been sending out examples of God Speaks, because those letters continued for about three or four weeks after Lent. I just continued writing. Sure. Uh, and so I've been sending out some of those. So you can actually see what it looks like, the, the 200 words plus the question in the prayer.
0: That's wonderful. Ruth O'RolliSmith.com. Ruth Arullo-Smith.com. Check it out. Check it out. Now, um, I want to talk a little bit more about the Bible. Uh, and you have, uh, you have some experience uh, with Precept, um, our own ministry, uh, studies for children, don't you? Um, what, what has that been like?
1: So I interviewed the founder of Precept, Kay Arthur. I think it was in 2019. And she so encouraged me. I just loved my conversation with her. And she sent me a gift, which was a couple of books for the children. And it was on the names of God. God, what's your name? I think is the name of the book. And so every year for the last few years, I've given the children a. Daily devotional for them to read every morning. So they wake up, do their little devotionals, and then they come down and have breakfast. And so that's something that over the last few years, from when they could read, you know, age specific devotionals is something that we've introduced into their daily life. And so I didn't have a daily devotional for them for 2020, but I thought I'd use this as just something so it wouldn't keep them for the whole year but it was the start of 2020 they started with the names of God and going through this every day until they were finished once they'd finished the book they were like well what do we do now mom (laughs) and I was thinking well what do I do God and so I asked the Lord what do I do now like do I get a teen devotional for them And I just sensed that I needed to challenge them to read the Bible for themselves. So in that book, it actually tells them how to study. It already starts to teach them how to study the Bible. And so I set them the challenge of reading. I think it was one of the Gospels first that they started off with. And from there, after one of the Gospels, I said, well, why don't you read... I don't know proverbs. <laughs> so it turned into this amazing journey. My teenage children now every morning reading one chapter of the Bible before they have breakfast. And I never thought that this would be possible. You know, I didn't even think that it could happen. Um they've gone on to also read um, how to study your Bible yeah, from yeah. precept uh, yeah. as well, and so just learning how to actually read the Bible mm. and uh, and then apply it. Mm. And I'm really trusting that the good seed of God's Word is going to bring forth good fruit in season. I'm I'm believing and praying that in those times that the children have with God in the morning and. Sometimes it's super rushed. What I've also challenged them to do is actually just write down three things that stand out to them in that chapter. What is it that you learn about God? What do you learn about yourself? And uh, what do you learn from what you've read? Yeah. Uh, Just three things that they can reflect on as they have been reading. And so it was not something that I set out to do. But, you know, Nigel, a, a number of years ago, I asked the Holy Spirit to teach me how to understand God, to teach me about the Bible, to answer some of the questions that I had about Jesus and about what it means to be a Christian. Because I had some questions, but I didn't want to ask outside of a relationship with God. And what I love is that the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals all truth. And so even in this, a role that I take very seriously as mother to our children, I would love for our children to grow up to love Jesus. But how do I do that practically as a mother? And I think Precept have just got some amazing resources for children and teens and every age, really. So I'm very thankful. I love it. But you guys were there right at the start of this well, journey for my kids.
0: Well, you know what? It's a joy to hear that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to, to, to put in place um, godly spiritual disciplines – at a young age what a wonderful thing what a wonderful wonderful thing and um as you said yeah preset we have we we have got um and we start with young ones you know we 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 recently brought out in the last year or two a a bible study series for four to seven year olds excuse me four to seven year olds and uh and then it goes up from 7 to 12 and then and then on up. And so if you're listening to this program and uh, you are inspired by what you're hearing Ruth saying about wanting to, um, you know, encourage your children in to get into the Bible, uh, and, and, and it's, it's not just getting into the Bible, it's actually getting to know their God, um, then please contact us. We'd be delighted to tell you... Um, about the different resources that we've got uh, and to be able to help you to teach your children how to study the word of god from a young age and so good on you ruth good on you for doing that and you know um i, I pray that they continue <laughs> as they grow older that it's not something that they grow out of but they grow into mm. and continue to do so uh, so that is wonderful um now You've sort of touched on this really, but I ask all those I'm interviewing this question. Why is, why is the word of God important to you?
1: I've seen how it's changed me, Nigel. It's only in recent years that I've actually read through the whole Bible to my shame. I mean, I mentioned right at the start of the conversation that I gave my life to Jesus at the age of five. I always loved the Bible I learned verses off by heart. I went to Bible school, Bible club, Sunday school. I knew the books of the Bible. I could name the books of the Bible. And I would dip into the Bible, do the kind of Bible roulette often. (laughs) And I had my little verses popping in on my emails But I hadn't actually read through the whole Bible until, as I mentioned, I wrote for Our Daily Bread Ministries for a number of years. And as part of that, I was writing for Our Daily Journey for a while, where I had to write one devotional from the New Testament and two devotionals from the Old Testament, two different Old Testament books every month and submit those devotionals. And out of that discipline of having to study two Old Testament and one New Testament book every month, I learned to fall in love with the Bible Mm -hmm. to the point where I couldn't go and now I can't go a day without reading the Bible. I love the Bible. It is food to my parched soul. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I have changed I've I am becoming, again, my truest version of myself through the word of God. And it really is alive. I feel sad that it's taken me this long to mm-hmm. realize just how transformative it is.
0: It's... So somebody listening to this what, uh, who, who's never read the Bible, really is not interested in the Bible. Um, what would you say to persuade them to even start opening it and start reading it?
1: Don't be scared of it. You know, I think, um, I mean, I'm reading through it from, from the start to, to the end. I'm kind of reading uh, Old Testament and then a New Testament book. There are lots of different ways. And I think there's so many wonderful resources out there now uh, that will help you to read the Bible. But I think if you read it as a, as a story of the love of God, you know, years ago, I remember writing to a friend a, a long letter saying, "You know, the heart of the Christian message is just this love that God has. It's a love story." And I didn't really understand what I was saying. It's only years later that I realized it's true. It is a love story, and we can see God's love throughout. Read as a, read it as a story of the love of God for humanity, and His reaching out to humanity through lots of different kinds of people at different kinds of times. You know what I'm loving about reading the Old and the New Testament, and then I'm listening into the audio version as well, is it's just so great to be able to understand and hear some of the, the Old Testament prophets, but then in context with the story, yeah. um, you know, in Kings or Chronicles. Yeah. and and I And I just love it. So it's it's stories of real people experiencing a real God. And a lot of those stories resonate with us thousands of years later. It's it's extraordinary. It's so exciting. So please do just start somewhere. I mean, there, there are some really great resources. And so have a look for some great resources or just get into it. I mean, I, I mentioned the audio version of the Bible. For instance, I find reading Job, Really hard work,
0: mm.
1: especially the start of Job. Uh, well, the, the the start is is quite interesting, but then it gets really tough going to read. But what I did recently was listen to the audio version of Job, and that was a complete new understanding mm-hmm. that I found I had of Job, mm-hmm. and it was beautiful. I found it poetic writing and just extraordinary uh, i absolutely loved it and so for some In different people, ways know,
0: aren't there there are different ways yeah, to connect
1: lots of different ways different so, way, yeah, you're right yeah, maybe it's maybe you know a lot of people suggest that you start with the gospels and start a, start yeah. with jesus
0: yeah 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 absolutely we've got, one, we've got one called um god are you there and do you care about me on the gospel of john which i think is a great title actually uh, and it explains, you know, what the Old Testament is, what the New Testament is, and sort of sets the context before you actually get into the Bible. But, um, yeah, as I, and I think the word transformational is um, the, what I sometimes say to people is the Bible is able to do things. Um, the word of God is able to do things that no doctor could ever do in your life. No medical doctor would be able to do the things that the Bible, uh, that God's word is able to do. In terms of relationship, restoring relationships, uh, parenting, um, just gener- you know—living life really. So, yeah,
1: I I, uh, I had a guest on the program uh, recently, who is an MP, and so working in politics, you know, not an easy job. Having to make important decisions that impact so many people, feeling conflicted at times, as you can well imagine. And he speaks about how the Bible has made him wiser. It's, he's gained wisdom. Yeah. So in his study and his reading of the Bible, he cannot go a day without reading the Bible because he knows that it equips him and enables him to make wise choices, to make yeah. wiser choices. It doesn't mean he doesn't ever make mistakes, but it's certainly helped. It's changed him for the better. Yeah. It's made him a better man.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the Bible talks about that. That God's word does make us wiser, wiser than wiser than our teachers and our enemies, and yeah, it does. Um, you're going to ask me where it is now, and I can't quite remember, but um, it is in it is in there. It is in there. Now, what about a favourite uh, character or, or book? Maybe Nigel. That's a tough. I know. I, I know it's always a tough one.
1: Such a hard one. I I'm going to go with <laughs> a couple of characters that I've been reading about recently. And that would be Nehemiah.
0: Oh, and, yes. I like that choice.
1: And Mordecai. So, right. I'm reading through Esther at the moment, and I've not really considered Mordecai. You know, Esther's yes. usually the yep. one who is kind of the famous person in that story. Yes. I was just thinking about Mordecai and what an amazing man he must have been. Yep. A man of principles a man who was bold and courageous. He was also a leader, a mentor. He didn't let Esther off the hook. He saw in her God's call on her life. And he called that out of her. He refused to let her get away with the easy option, the easy way out. Mm. And yet lovingly out of this relationship where he'd adopted her as his daughter, he calls out the greatness in her, which was to stand up to the king. I just think it's extraordinary. I, I have been really moved by him as a character. But Nehemiah, wow. Uh, I've read through and listened to Nehemiah a few times and I, I just am so impacted by, again, also his boldness and his courage. He was a man of prayer, you know, throughout the whole of Nehemiah. You have examples of him praying often. And I think, you know, one of my Bible study blogs is about praying in a moment where, you know, the king can see that he's distressed, he's sad, and he says, what's wrong? And Nehemiah says, well, you know, the the walls of Jerusalem lie in ruins, and I'm just heartbroken for the city. And I would love to be able to go back and, and help rebuild. And the king says, well, what do you want? And in that moment, it says that in the ESV translation of, of Nehemiah, it says that he, he prayed. So he prays to God and that would have just been under his breath. There would have been any sort a of moment. All of us have had moments like that where someone asks you a question and you've got an instant to just say, God, help me. And then he responds and he asks if he can go back to Jerusalem, but he doesn't stop there. He also asks for provision, for letters, to be able to travel safely. He asks for the wood to be able to rebuild the walls and a house for himself. And then it says the king granted his request because the good hand of God, his God, was on him. And so uh, I've been really inspired by Nehemiah. I think he's I, amazing.
0: I, I would say amen and amen to that. The, the, uh, the uh, book of Nehemiah is one of the books that we do at our Precept Bible School, which we run three times a year. And um, <clears throat> I love it. You know, at the start of chapter one, he asks a question of Hananiah, his brother, you know, how, how's the city? How are the people? Uh, so there's a key question in chapter one and a key question in chapter two when the king says, why are you looking sad? And both of those things open up the rest of the book. Two questions. And uh, yeah, just absolutely beautiful. So, so I totally concur with, with that. And, and Esther too, we've just decided to incorporate that into some of our youth program, um, youth training uh, with people um, to, to get them into that book as well. Now, what about a favorite Bible verse?
1: Well, again, that's a tough one. Uh, But I'm going to go with Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. Although I think I might extend it to verse 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you'll have healing for your body and strength for your bones.
0: Do, do you do that? So good. Do you do that? What? Trust in the Lord? Do you do that? Do you do verses five, six, seven, and 8? It's um, a sort of rhetorical question, really. Yeah,
1: it's it's well. This is the thing. This is why I've chosen this one is because I I I have, and then I haven't, and then I,
0: have, <laughs> and
1: then I haven't.
0: <laughs> so note note to self.
1: Yes. So that's that's why I. Uh, it's become a. It's become something of a, a strap line over my life to remember <laughs> to trust in the Lord. Amen. With, your, with all your heart, I think. Uh, that is the, the call that God has been drawing me into all these years, is, is that it would be a complete devotion, that this is all of me, God. And it's a daily surrender.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now we are coming into land. Um, what, what is next for you? And how can we pray for you?
1: Well, with the release of the book, God Speaks, 40 Letters from the Father's Heart, uh, it just feels like there's something that the Lord is drawing me into, uh, an expansion of what he's doing in me and through me, in addition to my work on the radio, which I just feel so blessed to be able to do. And I just want to remain faithful. I want to stand firm I want to do every day what it is that God is calling me to do. I want to be obedient and surrender to his will. And so I don't know what God has got for me, but I'm excited. (laughs) Uh, I'm excited because I'm just trusting him. And I thank God for the work that he's done in me and through me, the healing work the restoring work uh, that he's continuing and in particular what he's been teaching me over the last couple of years through his word, through the journey of surrender, obedience, leaning into him and really letting his word wash me. But the prayer, I guess, would be that I would remain faithful, stand firm, uh, be still, know God, know his word, know his will and continue following him. With all my
0: heart. Fantastic, fantastic, wonderful. Well, it has been a journey from uh, a young young lady, young girl, age five, <laughs> to um, you know ministering to thousands really across the country and, and overseas through your radio program and, and your writing. Um, so, so thank you so much for uh, being willing to uh, to be on the podcast, the Bible and Me podcast. I think it's very appropriate the title given your love of the Word of God you know the Bible and me and that's what we, we want to share uh, the impact of the Bible and uh, that it's had on your life and clearly it's had a major impact on your life and uh, following Jesus and uh, I love those verses uh, that you quoted in Proverbs 3 trust in the Lord with all your heart and we can have a divided heart can't we uh, but it's all your heart and um, he is the one that possesses the wisdom and the understanding that we need to live life uh, to honor him so um Ruth, uh, bless you, bless you in your work, bless you um, as a mum and, and all your other responsibilities. And I, I pray the book goes, goes viral <laughs> <laughs> and that, that many people are, are blessed uh, in their own walk uh, with the Lord. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Nigel. Thank you so much.